Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight we will be discussing the original sibling rivalry from Genesis chapter 4. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight or if you have questions or need somebody to pray with, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, we have an exciting week coming up in our church, don't we? We sure do, Micah and Great to be with you, as always, tonight. Thank you for being here. And I, I know you traveled a little bit this past week. I did, and yeah. What did you see? Where did you go? You know, I went to Orlando because um, the Bob Jones collection, the museum and gallery collection, was they had loaned their art collection, which is amazing. It's one of the biggest European art collections in the country. They had loaned it to the Museum of Orlando. So I actually went down there to see some of the highlights. It was awesome. I loved it. That's good. I know you love art, so that's a really nice little break for you to do that. I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. But, Michael, we're going to have a great week at our church. We began today with evangelist Matt Galvin, and he's here with us in the studio. We're so happy to have you with us here tonight, Brother Matt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I, I'm thankful to be here. This and we're looking forward to having you with us all week, Monday through Friday at Heritage Baptist Church. And we want to invite our listeners out every night. I really love revival meeting. I feel like it, it, on Monday it might seem like, wow, this is going to be a long week. But by Friday you, you say, wow, that went fast. Yeah. And hearing God's word on a consistent basis in person mm-hmm. as well, being with other people, it's very refreshing. Yeah. Even though you might say, wow, I don't have the energy for that, it's actually reviving, mm-hmm. and it's rejuvenating. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we invite our listeners to come on out and visit with us. We'd be so honored to meet you. Our services each night this week will be at 633 3rd Avenue, and that's Suite 13E. That's New York, New York. We're right by Grand Central Station. Take a train over to Grand Central Station, and we're at 3rd Avenue between... 40 and 41st Street, 633, 633. That's easy to remember because of yep. Matthew 633. Matthew 633 is seeking first the kingdom of God. So come to our revival meeting. Seek the kingdom of God with a broken heart, seeking the presence of the Lord, and you will experience revival. Come on out. Visit with us mm-hmm. this week, 715 each night. And if you have any questions, you can call us at 929-333-3739. And we have a free offer for our listeners as yep. well. Tonight, if you would like a free musical CD from our evangelist, you can call us at the number 929-333-3739. Give us your address and free of charge. You mean? We m- will send you a copy free of charge. We're, we're not offering this for any money, Micah? No money. No, not even postage and handling? We're not even going to ask for donations, no postage and hand, no tax? Our church is taking care of everything? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wow. Because we want people to have we want good people, Christian right. music. And we're going to play one of your songs in just a bit, too, Matt. And yes, we're sir. Looking, we're looking forward to that. And yeah. I listen to it. It's a beautiful song. So in all seriousness, friends, if you would like a free music CD, 
When was the last time you heard that here on our program? Give us a call right now. Give Esther or our call screeners your address, and we'll mail you a beautiful music CD. Call us right now at 929-333-3739. Okay. Well, again, Matt, tell us a little bit about your evangelistic ministry and how yeah. long you've been in evangelism. Yeah, so... um we are entering. We're actually in the middle of year number five, traveling in evangelism, and uh, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Did three years as an assistant pastor at my home church in Alabama, and they've sent us out. They're our home church, and uh, we travel the whole year long. And I preach in revival meetings during the school year, sometimes in Christian schools, and I do some youth rallies. And then during the summer, preach in uh, Bible camps all over the United States. I've preached in a, bu- a bunch of different states, and. Uh, um, I just great. I love to see I love to see as I said this morning at church I love to see God change people, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to see um, we don't uh, our ministry is not just to challenge people but it's to see them change everyone Amen. we're not perfect so therefore God wants to change something else and so that's right. uh, that's what we do and uh, well, for the great. for the glory of God and for the sake of revival being an evangelist is hard work you're on the road many weeks out of the year yes and you have a wife and you have two small sons right now as well so we'll be praying for you we're very thankful for god giving you this calling and the zeal with which you do it with so we praise the lord for that yes yeah and we're we're glad to have you with us tonight and we're going to continue with evangelist matt galvin and micah myself we're going to go into genesis chapter four this evening as we been doing our series in Genesis. We're going to stick right along with that tonight. And we're going to focus in on the way of Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. You know, it says in the book of Jude, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Woe for the way of Cain. And we're going to see this way of woe of Cain tonight. As we read first Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 15, I'll start us off with the first five verses and then we'll go around each read and then evangelist Matt Galvin will will pray for us and Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bare Cain and said I have gotten a man child from the Lord and she again bare his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of sheep but Cain was a tiller of the ground and in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. 
And Kate said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken upon him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for letting us be gathered here tonight. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would take the Holy Scriptures that you have written, that you have inspired, and um, would you just speak to our hearts here tonight? Would you just open our eyes to your truth that you knew we needed in every culture and in every um in every century, and I pray that you just uh, help us understand your scriptures, and that we would obey in everything, um, in everything that you show us here tonight. Pray that you would um, just bless us, help us to be careful with your word, and uh, we thank you for all that we'll see here tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So we don't know how much time has elapsed from when Adam and Eve were driven from the garden to verse one of chapter four, which is very interesting because there had to be other people have been born because Cain is going to go out and get married, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, what we see in this passage of Scripture is that sin spills out Mm. from the family into the society. Mm. And what we also see is in verse 1, when Eve conceived Cain, she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so Cain was conceived with great hope. Maybe he's the one who will deliver the earth from the curse. But her hope turns to horror, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. As Cain kills his brother Abel, the man of hope, born of a woman, Eve, becomes a murderer. And the man of faith, righteous in God's sight, becomes the first one murdered. Thus we see the way of Cain. And The way of Cain was alive and well in the first century. Jude mentions the way of Cain Mm -hmm. as being a problem in the first century church. And the way of Cain is alive and well in our society as well. And this passage also is so rich with important issues and subjects that we're we're going to talk about tonight. The different kinds of worship, human anger, murder, the need for justice, God speaking, and, and, and seeking to convince people not to do wrong, and yet they do exactly what God says they don't have to do. Mm. So let's look at the way of Cain tonight, and I'm so glad we could have this conversation. And dear friends, our phone lines are open. Maybe you have problems with anger. Maybe you have questions about worship. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible-believing church. We do invite you to our revival meeting this week. Each night, Monday through Friday, 7.15 p.m., call us right now at 929-333-3739. If you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you have questions about visiting our church or getting a free music CD. But we want to see the way of Cain. The first thing we see about the way of Cain is he shows unbelief in worship. Abel offers unto God a more excellent sacrifice, Cain's offering is not respected he shows unbelief in worship so evangelist brother matt how does this narrative show that man is a worshiper man is fundamentally a worshiper and and the way i see this is really there's only ultimately two religions in the world represented by cain and abel what do you think about that yeah so i think the first thing uh that you brought out is the concept of man being fundamentally a worshiper because we talk about what 
people want to know what is mankind at its core and who is he? What is a person? What do they do? And I think that it's so important to recognize that man is fundamentally a worshiper. You know, I remember um, I, I looked it up and I thought it was just a um, more recent phrase, but maybe you've heard this phrase before is that um, people have said that every man has a God shaped hole in his heart yeah. that only God can fill. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was something that was very recently said. Um, but apparently it's been repeated back. I found church fathers going back hundreds of years that would didn't say it exactly that way, but they said those things. Mm-hmm. The idea is that mankind is born with a some kind of a con- and this is a biblical concept, the concept that there is a God and I'm supposed to um, uh, and that it, a hole in my heart that only God can fill. You know, if you think about, um, I thought about this. Uh, you know, a, a completely secular organization, the AA, Alcohols Anonymous, mm-hmm. yeah. they tell people to seek a higher, higher power. power. Now, they will not tell you to, you know, that it has to be the God of the Bible. But they tell, they tell all walks of people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. you need to seek help from a higher power. Yeah. In other words, the idea is we just assume, that they're assuming there is a God and, you, and that you need him. Um, uh, and that makes us, fun, I think, fundamentally a worshiper. I even I remember um, uh, reading about missionary Mary Slessor. You know, when she was over uh, over in Africa, um, you know, that she would report back home to the British churches, and they thought that the people of Africa, that they were just absolute pagans who, you know, religion was not a part of their lives. Yeah. But she said, no, not true. She said they are actually very much religious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they have their, their worship of their idols and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, here is, because pe- some people think, well, the worship of God and the concept of God, that's such a Western, some people think it's just such a Western idea. But I think what Mary Slessor shows us is that here's a Westerner in the 1800s coming into uninf- un, uh, areas of Africa yeah. that have not been influenced by the West, uh-huh. and they have religion. Yeah, sure. They've yeah. never been influenced by the West, and they have religion, because that is such a fundamental part of them absolutely i mean you go to any museum and you study human history there's always religion as a part of the, of, yeah. of their culture right. and here cain and abel they're definitely not atheists they both believe and know there's a god and they both offer a sacrifice to the lord but only one s- sacrifice is accepted yeah and i think that's the common question that you get you know why didn't god accept cain's offering and um the more I've thought about it, the more obvious for me it becomes. I think God told Cain and Abel specifically what and how to sacrifice. You know, it's not a coincidence that Abel offered the firstling of his flock and the fat thereof. Because language like that, it's used throughout the, the book of Leviticus, where God gave mm. specific instructions to Moses and Aaron regarding the way to make an offering. And Jesus even referred to Abel as a prophet in Matthew 23. So we know that he heard from the Lord, just like Adam and Eve got spoken to directly from the Lord, and Cain was spoken to in this passage directly from the Lord. So God had given exact instructions on how to make the sacrificial offering. And, you know, this whole story has some serious implications for how we should worship today. And uh, and when you're saying that, obviously yeah. blood is at the heart of Abel's sacrifice, right? Yeah. I mean, when John the Baptist even said, Behold the Lamb of God, yeah. he... he and that the Lamb of God was a blood sacrifice for right. Jesus Christ. So he didn't say, behold, the blood of the Lamb of God. Right. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention that the, the Lamb of God was going to shed blood. But it's, the, the implication is clear. Yeah. And so that Abel offered a lamb. It's clear that his sacrifice was a bloody sacrifice mm-hmm. and Cain's was not. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, there was a bit major distinction between the two, which I think brings up the thing about the two. You were two talking about the religions. two religions. Yeah, yeah. 
So to me, Cain and Abel, they represent, if you will, the two world religions. Because we've heard this many times. Oh, there's no difference between all the religions. Well, that's true. All the religions of the world, there really is no difference between them. They're all the same. They're all based on man's human efforts and works. And there's one religion that's absolutely different, and that's the faith of Jesus Christ, where our faith is based and and founded on the blood of Jesus Christ as our access to God. Yeah, the um, because you think about it, you read at the beginning that verse in Jude, and one of the things about Jude was he was trying to uh, address false teachers, Mm. and he said one of the false teaching that's coming into the church is the way of Cain. Cain. Mm. It's the way of Cain, and so I think that's where it brings out uh, the differences. If you want to say the two religions, you know, um, the, the two. Religions across the world. The Hebrews 11.4 says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So Abel's offering was an offering of faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opposite of faith is works. Yeah. The opposite of faith is works. Yeah. And so you have um, uh, what God accepted was faith. Faith is, you know, God dependence and, and works really is self-dependence. When you, if you're trying to uh, come to God, come to eternal life uh, by works, by what you can do, that's, that's self-dependence. Mm. And that is not what God is looking for. He wants God dependence. That's, that's what, um, that's what faith is. And that's what biblical Christianity is because that's what makes biblical Christianity different from the religions of the world is God dependence, not self-dependence. And that dependence on God was based on his word. God told Abel what sacrifice to offer, a blood mm-hmm. sacrifice. Faith, the faith of Abel came by mm-hmm. hearing the word of God. Yeah. And so right. he wasn't, it wasn't just faith of his own fancy. It was faith based on what God told him. Therefore, God told Cain what sacrifice to offer. Cain did not offer a sacrifice by faith, but by works, dear friend. So let me ask you a question. Have you come to God through the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made for you? Have you come realizing that you deserve the death he died? He shed his blood to pay for your sins and mine. And he is our only access to the Father. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. We cannot come to God based on our own works. We have to come to God based on the perfect work of Jesus Christ. Have you been born again, dear friends? If you have questions of your salvation, call us right now. We'd love to hear from you. We want to share Jesus with you. We want to share the gospel with you. We want you to be saved at 929-333-373. Three, nine. Again, that number is 929-333-3739. The way of Cain is, first of all, the way of unbelief in worship. The second thing we see about the way of Cain is the way of Cain becomes angry at God mm-hmm. when his way is not accepted. Now, some people may be angry at me when I say, if you come to God based on your own works, you cannot come to God. Mm-hmm. You cannot be accepted of the Lord. The way of Cain becomes angry at God. So, Micah, when God accepts Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's, and we didn't actually talk about how he accepted it. Mm. Maybe you could throw that in there. Cain becomes raging hot with anger. Yeah. So what does this tell us about anger? And let's just talk about anger for a few moments. Yeah, well, when God accepted Abel's sacrifice, we may ask, you know, how did Cain even know that his sacrifice wasn't accepted or respected, the word in the Bible is. 
Well, Cain was quite sure, and my strong speculation was that God sent fire down from heaven to consume Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. And I say this because at least six times in the Old Testament, we see fire consuming an offering to the Lord. Um, It happened with Gideon, it happened with Samson's parents, and most famously with the prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel. So when Cain's sacrifice was not consumed with fire, he became consumed with a fiery anger. Mm. Mm. And throughout the Bible, there are warnings against acting when we're angry. Psalm 37, 8, it says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. But Cain didn't seek cease from anger. He was so wroth, if he could have killed God, Cain probably would have. And mm. this brings to mind the anger and rage we see in the Pharisees throughout the Gospels in reaction toward Jesus. Luke 6.11 says, And they, meaning the Pharisees, were filled with madness, and they commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. So eventually, these religious leaders did kill Jesus. They followed the way of Cain, they partnered with their anger, and they actually killed God in human flesh. So what a lesson to us that we need to be very Mm. careful when it comes to acting in anger. Absolutely. Anger, at its root, is hatred in the heart. And then this often explodes into murder, mm-hmm. as it did in the very the very first anger we see here in the Bible of Cain's anger. And the anger at first wasn't at Abel, it was really right. at God. Right. You know, so foundationally, people's anger is really a bitterness and anger against God, and yet that anger is then taken out on the image bearers of God. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. I think I think exactly how you said it, Micah. He couldn't strike out at God. Mm-hmm. So he struck out at the image uh, the image bearer of God because Cain, uh, you know, Cain, he was it says he was very wroth unto Cain and unto his offering he had not respect. You know, it's sad uh, just where his heart was because God rejected. He it notes he distinguishes between Cain, both Cain and the offering. The very heart of Cain was bad. The offering itself was bad as well. And uh, and you know, w- when he found out that God did not have respect for his offering. Mm-hmm. And when we find out God is, does not have respect about something we're doing, that should cause us to run to God to say, oh, no, what yeah. have I done? Yeah. But instead of that, he gets angry at God. And um, a lot of times people will do that. They'll lash out at God of, of well, wh- what right do you have to tell me what to do? Well, he has about every right in the universe for, uh, you know, as, as our all-knowing God. Absolutely. You know, I've heard it described, too, and I, I agree with this, that anger is actually love in motion. So when someone loves God, when somebody goes against God, we're angry in a righteous way. There is a righteous anger that is not sinful. Not all anger is sinful. God gets angry at sin because he loves the sinner, and it's sin that's going to destroy the sinner. So anger is essentially love in motion to protect what I love. Mm -hmm. But when our love is out of order, Mm. then our anger becomes very sinful. So here... Cain's love was in his sacrifice. Mm. He, it was based on his works and his way and not God's way. Mm-hmm. And when God didn't accept it, he got angry at God. So, dear friend, Cain loved his way and not the way, the truth, and the life. Love the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in 1 John, that's an incredible verse, it says in 1 John 3.15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Mm. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. 
Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, that's where uh, that that's really the um, the outflow. The murder is reveals the the murder reveals what's inside the heart. Yeah, and it comes from shows what's in the heart. You know, and anger is a huge problem in our city that spills out into murder. I was just looking up some t- some statistics about twelve major cities in America have all time highs in homicide, and from nineteen nineteen. To 2021, just two years difference. Mm-hmm. 20, 2019, I'm sorry, 2019 to 2021, two years difference. There was a 44% increase in murder. Mm. And Chicago's the murder capital. Philadelphia, even though it's not a huge city, has a huge number of murders, even more than New York City. Mm-hmm. A police officer of Rochester, in an article that I read, said, in Rochester, New York, mm-hmm said it's worse than a war zone wow. around here. Wow. So I'm talking about cities like Indianapolis, Columbus, Louisville, Toledo, Ohio. These are not cities you think of as danger zones, mm-hmm. you know? Right, but right. murder is increasing rapidly because we're getting farther away from God. Yeah. And, and oh I, I also think that we're in a culture that's addicted to rage. You know, when you look that's at right. social media it's it's no longer like oh no calm down calm down you shouldn't you shouldn't be angry it's almost like when people are angry and when they're full of rage it's almost encouraged online and we live in a we live in a time where you can be encouraged by my rage and you live halfway across the globe it's it's a really odd thing how addicted we are to rage yeah, yeah anger naturally breeds murder it's a uh, um uh, you know, there's. I remember hearing a story about uh, on uh, about a man who he was. He, this is back in the late 1800s, and he was. Um, he knew his wife was cheating on him, and he goes and finds his wife in bed with this other man. He kills them both, and the so the people tried to say that he was insane. He was pleading insanity even back then. Mm-hmm. But the reality was, as you looked at his life before he committed this act, is that you know because there was almost this like they described a snap in his brain, and people talk about well he's not responsible for his horrible act of murder because he was insane at the moment but what the, the people said uh, the people who studied this man out was that the reason he snapped was because he built it up with anger mm. people try to blame a murder on well i was just insane the insanity came from anger mm. and when yeah. and it is just uh the the thing to blame is not insanity it's to blame ourselves when we choose to become angry there's just no there's no limit to where anger could lead it can lead as far as murder and and that's not, that's not insanity. Actually, he responded in the way God said that a husband would respond when his wife commits the sin of adultery. It says the very same thing mm. in, in Proverbs chapter 6. It says, for jealousy is the rage of man, and he will not spare mm. in the day of vengeance. Mm. And, and he will not regard any ransom. He's not, he's not looking to get money out of this. He wants vengeance. Yeah. And that's, that's what he, So it's not insanity. It's just rage. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, anger is... It's not that every time we get angry, though, that we murder somebody. Right, you know? right, of course. Because I've had problems with anger in my life. I've gotten angry in sinful ways. I, I remember when I was dating my wife, I would be waiting for her and, you know, I didn't realize how she had to do her hair and take care. I just thought she naturally got out of bed and it was cool, <laughs> right. you know. That's right. And, and it wasn't until late I realized she had to put hot rollers in and all yeah. this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> but I would be waiting there, and I wanted to spend time with my wife. That's what I loved, you know. That's I right. loved her. I wanted, And if she was late, it was like, that's less time. And so I would start getting mad. And then by the time she got there, I would be mad at her, and I wouldn't even, oh, and no. you know, and I'm like, this is terrible. I'm going to drive this 
beautiful woman away from me. I better change, you know, mm-hmm. and fast and get a hold of my anger. And so I did a study on anger, and I, I read in, in the first example of, of anger in the Bible about Cain, and I, I read about Balaam and his anger and Moses and his anger, King Asa. But I especially like King Uzziah in Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 18 and 19, where Uzziah got angry at the prophet who rebuked him for doing the priest's work. Mm. So the king kind of like flexed his political power, you know, against the prophet and, and basically said, who are you to tell me, the king, what I can and cannot do? And the prophet had every, every right because the king had no right to go in and offer, it says in Second Chronicles 26, verse 18, the prophet said to Uzziah, it appertains not to thee. In other words, this isn't your job, Uzziah to burn incense to the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. He says, for thou hast trespassed. So he got in the face of the king. You know, he says, you, yeah. you sinned, dude. You trespassed against God. And neither shall it be it for thine honor. And it says, Uzziah was wroth, and he had a censer in his hand. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy rose up in his forehead. And I thought, wow, he overreacted with anger. Because he overstepped his boundary, he overestimated his value. He was proud. Mm. And it even says when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And I, I was convicted when I read this that anger is because of pride. And it was my mm. pride. And so when when I read that, it helped. you know, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it gave me victory at that point. And I have to keep going back and asking God for the victory. you know. Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. if, if anyone out there is listening and they struggle with pride or they struggle with anger... You know, give us a call. Um, we would love to pray with you. We would love to, you know, share verses with you. And our phone number again is nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. That's absolutely right, Micah. People are struggling with anger today. I mean, there's just I saw an awful video the other day where a woman was literally running away from a car. She was on a front yard, and the and the the the, and the man in the car was chasing her down and oh. ran her over. Oh. Thank God he didn't kill her. You know. But the rage, the anger, dear friends, are you struggling with anger? It can get the best of you if you don't ask God to forgive you and repent with a broken and a contrite heart. Cast your anger on the Lord. Let us hear from you as well. We have some loving call screeners who will pray for you. We're not here to judge you. We're here to help you. We're, we're here to see you change by the grace of God. Mm. And so our phone number is 929-333-3739. Call us right now at 929-333-3739. So the way of Cain. The way of Cain becomes angry at God. The way of Cain shows unbelief and worship. The way of Cain, number three, refuses to heed God's loving warning. So the Lord sees the direction of Cain. And he sees his anger. Why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? I could see it all over your face. Yeah. So, Matt, how does God confront Cain and love from potential wrongdoing here? Yeah, uh, God confronts Cain. And God likes, likes us to answer why we sin, even though he knows. 
That's exactly what he did with Cain's parents mm-hmm. in yeah. the Garden of Eden. He, mm-hmm. As soon as they sinned, he confronted them, not in anger, but with, oh, no, come back to me, with that kind of attitude, the, yeah. the desire for repentance. He likes us to answer as to, uh, as to why we sin. And so, uh, you know, verse 6, Cain, why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? And he says, if thou doest well, if you were doing what is right, he says, won't you be accepted? The word accepted means uh, to be lifted up and it, because his mm. face had fallen. It says in verse number 5 and in verse number 7, he says, you know, if you had done what was right, y- your face would be lifted up. Uh, you would, um, uh, if you had given the right sacrifice, had the right heart, all of that together. And so he warns and says, but if thou doest not well, which clearly he was not doing well, he says, sin lieth at the door. And what a cool little analogy God puts in there. The idea of um, the word lieth at the door has the idea of crouching, yeah. lurking at the door. One thing I read was that the Akkadians of that region, they had a myth uh, that there was this mythological demon that attended to doorways of buildings to threaten the people that were inside. Wow. That was a myth uh, that was in, in the Akkadians or in that area. And I wonder yeah. if that may have been something that was passed down from Cain and such, this analogy that he had said God had told him. And a great future uh, metaphor that would come in the future, that sin is like that mythological creature. It's ready to pounce on you, to destroy you. If you incite it and stir it, in other words, I think God is trying to is giving the loving warning of, listen, yeah. your sin will destroy you yeah it will yeah and you know what look what the lord says to cain he says if you do well if you do well shalt thou not be accepted he's talking back to back to his offering so it's clear god had communicated to cain what kind of offering to bring Mm -hmm. of a blood sacrifice and foundationally the reason why people are angry why people are sad and and bitter and miserable is they're not worshiping god right Mm -hmm. they haven't come to god in the way that god has clearly said to come to him by faith and come to him through his son jesus christ and so god said if you do well you will be accepted and you know if you do well you feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) feelings follow actions generally speaking Mm -hmm. And, you know, this could have been the moment where Cain's heart was softened and he was transformed, the moment where Cain repented. But sadly, he did not repent. And, in fact, he partnered with that spirit of anger. And God's confrontation of Cain, it actually reminds me of another story at the end of the book of Jonah. And just after God spares the wicked people of Nineveh from destruction, Jonah 4, 1 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And Jonah goes on to explain something incredible. He's actually angry at God because, quote, I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee from the evil. And the moment it's striking in its transparency because Jonah admits that his anger is due to God's grace, kindness, mercy, and justice. And when God calls him on it, just a few verses later, I believe that Jonah, unlike Cain, actually does come to the place of repentance, which is why we have the book of Jonah at all. He wrote the book because unlike the heart of Cain, his heart was transformed. Yeah. Amazingly, dear friends, Eve had to be talked into her sin by the serpent. But Cain could not be talked out of his sin by the creator of the universe. How sad. God is speaking to you tonight. Mm. Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know what I love here, too, is that God gives Cain hope. 
Yes, sin is crouching, as you said. Sin is lurking at the door. Ready to attack. It's ready to attack. But he gives him hope. He says, you shall rule over that sin. Yes. You can do it. You don't have to let sin destroy you. That's right. You don't, right? God gives the hope. Yes, he gives great hope. Because that's the point of what he's saying is, uh, unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. God was saying, there is potential that you can overcome sin. And what the hope in this is, is it lets you know that no matter how far your anger has gone, there's hope you can overcome Amen. it. Amen. Sin is not overcome. Oh, I got to be careful of all the negatives there. Uh, uh, all the double negatives. Sin can be overcome by That's God's right. strength. By the, by there's the power not, of God. There's through not the a blood sin of too Jesus. Much. You yes. know, through the blood of Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so dear friends, we're going to go to a song right here, a beautiful song. Come, let us return to the Lord. And if you want to call us at this time, it would be a great time to call us at 929-333-3739. And I want to remind you, we're having an evangelistic meeting. We have with us in the studio this evening Evangelist Matt Galvin. He'll be with us at Heritage all week, Monday through Friday, 715. Come on out. You will not be saddened. You will not be disappointed if you came out Monday night and then said, I'm coming back Tuesday. And then say, oh, I'm going to go Wednesday. And if you came all week, you will say, that was a blessed week. Or even if you can just come once, come on out. We meet at 633 3rd Avenue. That's between 40 and 41st Street in New York City, close to Grand Central Station. Come on out if you have any questions. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. And we're offering a free music CD tonight. All you have to do is call that number. Give us your address. We'll send you a free music CD put together by evangelist Matt and his dear wife, Hannah. 929-333-37. Whoop. Three nights. Sorry, that was a little bit uh, sudden. Meant to go kind of slow, softer. So, dear friends, we're so glad to have you listening with us tonight. Call us right now at 929-333-3739.
Turn to the Lord, dear friends. The way of Cain is alive and well, and you don't want to go in the way of Cain, in the way of unbelief and worship, the way of anger against God, the way of refusing to heed His loving warnings. And now we see the way of Cain denies responsibility for his crimes. So as Cain didn't hear God's warning, God now confronts him for his sin, Micah. And what does the Lord say? And what's Cain's response to the Lord's challenge to him? Yeah, well, before I answer that, we did have a caller named Joe who had a question for us. And I think that we maybe lost you. But, Joe, call us back next week, and we will um, answer your question at the very beginning of our program, if you remember. Yeah, listen at the very beginning, because yeah, it's Mother's Day. But we're going to we're gonna do this question. It'll be our opening question. And, callers, as you are calling in, if, if you do not get an answer, it means we're on the other line. But go ahead and just call us again. Uh, we'll get to you sometime this hour. So, Pastor, just after Cain murdered his brother, God comes to him and asks him a question, one that God already knew the answer to, Abel. Where, where is thy brother, um, Abel, he asked Cain. And God does this, as uh, Evangelist Matt said earlier, he does this in order to give Cain a chance to admit his sin. And this is the same way that he approached Adam and Eve just a chapter prior. And although Adam and Eve blamed everyone but themselves, at least they didn't lie to God and pretend not to have sinned at all. But that's what yeah. Cain does. Yeah. He denies he that he knows anything about the murder. He completely disowned everything. Yeah, he denied it. He even rebuffed. God's question saying, am I my brother's keeper? Ooh. That sounds like courts today. <laughs> sounds like, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> but yeah. it's on the video. Yeah, I didn't do it. That's yeah. not me. It's, hu- it's human yeah, nature it on full display. And Proverbs 18, verse 7 says, a fool's mouth is his destructions and his lips are the snare of his soul. And how often in our day, as Matt just said, do we see prominent people even deny the reality of their sin? You know, when when something is found out, they may call it a conspiracy theory. They may call it Rus- Russian disinformation. But then, you know, later it's often proven true. So nothing has changed in 6,000 years. Yeah, Cain is a fool in the biblical sense of the word, isn't he? And his response reveals his nature. And that famous statement of Cain is so full of selfishness when he says, am I my brother's keeper after he killed him? Mm-hmm. So can you answer that for us, Brother Matt? Are we our brother's keeper? What is our responsibility to our brother? Are we his keeper? Oh, we do have a response. <laughs> I think one thing we do have the responsibility. Is, I mean, the whole book of First John says, "Love one another." So yeah. uh, I don't know all of what he's thinking. Uh, you know, as a sibling, like, am I responsible for where my where my brother went? You know, he can go wherever he wants. He's a man. You know, that sounds like something. A yeah, but he knew exactly where he was. But he did. He did. <laughs> he and did. Um, yeah, and I think he uses that as an excuse that he doesn't again, so that he can avoid responsibility for. This sin of I don't have to go after him, but I think especially uh, especially people that may, a younger brother I think there is some amount of responsibility Absolutely. that he would have to a younger brother to help him walk with God and uh, to lead him towards the Lord. And I, I I think there is a, an element that he is. And I, I think of what Paul said. He says, "I am a debtor both to the Jew and to the Greek, to every man, mm-hmm. to give the gospel." Am I my brother's keeper? Well, Jesus said, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to mm-hmm. every creature." So in that sense, we should love our neighbor as ourself, and we are in that way. We're not responsible for them. We're not going to answer for them, but we should love them and desire God's very best for them. Yeah, and in in addition to the Great Commission, Jesus also answered this question, am I my brother's keeper, in one of his most famous parables, the Good Samaritan. Mm. You know, essentially, he said, we must go way beyond mm. keeping yeah. our brother. We must treat each person as an eternal soul with dignity, respect, and love. 
Funny enough, though, sometimes it's our relatives who are the hardest to love. I read an autobiography this week called Death of a Guru, which one of our deacons, Ashok, gave to me. And it's about yeah. the conversion of a high-ranking Hindu man named Rabi Maharaj in the country of Trinidad. And one interesting insight in the story was that no matter how zealous the family was for their Hindu religion, they harbored hatred in their hearts for one another. But then when everyone in the household miraculously became saved, they burned their Hindu idols in the backyard. And here's how the author describes what happened. Quote, what a transformation had taken place in our family. Instead of quarreling and bitterness, we now had harmony and joy. Mm. The difference that Christ had made brought daily astonishment to each of us. The hatred that had burned for years seemed like a nightmare which we had been awakened. Last, last sentence. The past was gone, consumed, as surely as the idols that had burned to ashes in the rubbish heap. Wow. Wow. Am I my brother's keeper? That is such an answer of defiance and arrogance, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Dear friends, let's put aside our arrogance and our defiance against God. Let's come to God with a brokenness. I mean, Cain could have repented right there. Yeah, he could have. Lord, please forgive me. I've killed my brother. He Mm. could have repented. He could have confessed. Mm -hmm. But instead, with arrogant defiance, he denies any knowledge and disowns responsibility that's the way of Cain, dear friend. We see it today in our modern-day court system, as you said, Brother Matt. So the way of Cain, next we see protest the severity of the judgment. So when Cain refused to repent, the Lord put a judgment upon him. And he said, now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. God pinpoints his murderous act, mm-hmm. and he says, you're cursed. And he says, when you till the ground, it's not going to yield her strength. A fugitive and a, ba- a vagabond shall you be. You're going to be wandering, and you're going to be sweating to survive, Cain. That's the way of Cain. And Cain doesn't say, I deserve that. That's a just judgment. Right. No. Matt, how does Cain protest against God's punishment? Yeah, Cain responds with fear. He responds with self-pity. But it doesn't respond with repentance. Reminds me a little bit of maybe Judas Iscariot, who yeah. respond with um, maybe some self pity, maybe some regret, but not repentance. And it just um, uh, it just was you know a, a terrible way of um, uh, you know he he was the one who had done the sin, and instead of being sorrowful for what have I done, he's sorrowful for oh my goodness, this punishment is more mm-hmm. than I could bear. Well, mm-hmm. this is what you deserve. God's punishment is always um, uh, is always just, and mm-hmm. uh, it's always fair. And um, that's, you know, does God show fair. grace though to Cain? Oh my in goodness! His punishment? Yes, he does. So look at um, look at verse number. Uh, okay, verse thirteen. Cain says, "My punish, my punishment is greater than I can bear." And then the Lord said unto him in verse number fifteen, it says that the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. So Cain's afraid. Oh, everyone's going to hear my story, and they're yeah. all going to want to kill me, and it's just going to be an awful, awful time for me. And so the Lord, the Lord could have said. Well, that's what you deserve. So, good luck. But yeah. God did not. He showed grace in putting the mark. A lot of uh, putting a mark on Cain. So, a lot of people they they for people, his protection for his protection. And people yeah. spend, I think, way too much time. What is the mark? Some people say it was a tattoo. Some people say I heard one that said like they thought it was some kind of a dog that went around with him and was like <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from, but there were so bizarre ideas. But the point is not what was the mark. The point was that the mark 
was, could we say, a mark of God's amazing grace mm, because amen. God was putting a protection on him. Here's someone who deserved absolutely no mercy, Cain. Cain deserved no mercy. He deserved no grace. And yet... God still offered it anyway. And he was yet blind to it and said, this isn't fair. Yeah, and while Cain is complaining that the punishment wasn't fair and too difficult to bear, it's worth noting that when you flip, in, in my Bible at least, you just turn the page, and we see in Genesis 9, God institutes a punishment for murder to Noah and his sons. So Genesis 9, verses 5 and 6 says in part, At the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. So God was actually being quite merciful to Cain, despite the severity of the sin, because Mm. later on he he does, you know, the, the punishment is death for death. Right, right. So, dear friends, we again want to invite you to our revival meeting this week, Monday through Friday at 7.15. Some, some people are going to be listening on Wednesday night to our replay. Yeah. They could still come to the revival. Mm-hmm. It will be Thursday and Friday, yep. May 2nd through 6th, 7.15 at 633 3rd Avenue. Plus, we're offering this evening a free music CD. And if they call on Wednesday as well, we'll yep. send you a free mm-hmm. music CD. Just give us a call and share your address with you. We'll ship it to you free. And we played one of the songs earlier. It's a beautiful it's song. Beautiful. Yep. beautiful song. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. 929-333. I just feel like, you know, reaching out through this <laughs> through this microphone and just like reaching out to your heart and say, give us a call. Yeah. 929-333-3739. We want to encourage you tonight and pray with you and help you and send you a free music CD. So, Brother Matt, as we close tonight, how does the blood of Jesus, let's talk about the blood of Jesus, Mm -hmm. speaking better things. Now, the blood of Abel cried to God from the ground, Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24 says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than Abel. So how does the blood of Jesus speak better things than the blood of Abel? Yeah, so let's read the verse. Hebrews 12, 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant... And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. One of the themes of Hebrews, a simple theme, is just that Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. And everything that about Jesus, who he is, what he does, yeah, is always better right. than anything else that's been. And um, and so here's Abel's blood. And sorry, this might steal some of your thunder, but uh, yeah, it was perfect. Right. Of um, Abel's blood that he says in verse number 10, crieth from the ground. It's crying out for someone to avenge me. Avenge me. In other words, Avengers. murder is something that does not go past God's ears. God hears the outcry of avenge me but the thing but uh, jesus's blood is better and even is different and even better because it shouts forgiveness to Amen. all who will come Hallelujah. to him uh it's uh you know the Hallelujah blood of abel the blood. uh the blood of abel increases the burden of the curse yeah. but doesn't provide cleansing that's right and the blood of jesus provides the cleansing Amen. jesus blood yeah. is so much better it is cain tried to come by works to salvation what an awful way to have to try to earn your way to heaven because we just will never get there but that is why the blood of jesus is so much greater his blood was paid the death penalty that we should have paid for our sin crimes against God. That's the the hope of the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah, and although Abel's name, it's only mentioned seven times in the scripture, 
but we actually know quite a lot about him. Yeah. As we said, he was a shepherd. He offered a righteous sacrifice to the Lord. He was hated by his brother due to a large part due to jealousy. And then when he was murdered by his brother, his innocent blood cried out for justice. While all of those same things can be said about Jesus, Amen, yeah. Abel was a type of Christ. As we say, he was pointing us to the man of sorrows, our Lord and Savior. So Abel's death the first of any man begins a pattern which extends from the first human family all the way to Calvary. Yeah, the blood of righteous Abel. Jesus Christ is the righteous one. Mm. Abel was a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Abel's blood speaks, but the blood of Jesus speaks even greater and Mm. better. Mm -hmm. And as Brother Matt said, it's true. You think about the blood of Abel cried out for vengeance and increased the burden of the curse, as you said, and that's true. Think of the the blood of all the people who have been murdered mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. unjust in mm-hmm. unjust ways. Mm-hmm. All of their blood just cries. So it, the, it increases the burden of the curse, mm-hmm. and it and it makes us realize that this whole system must be taken down yeah. and be, must be burned away mm-hmm. and be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And that's all made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ that shouts love. He loves you, dear friends, that shouts grace. God will show his grace to you, that shouts forgiveness. He will forgive you of your sin. He will show mercy. The blood of Jesus is that new and living way. As it says, there is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood. Amen. Brother Matt, thanks for being here tonight. Yes, sir. We're looking Glad forward to, to this week ahead. We yes, want sir. our listeners to come. 633 3rd Avenue, Monday night. Tuesday through Friday, May 2nd to 6th, 7.15 at 633 3rd Avenue. That's right between 40 and 41st Street, right by Grand Central. I mean, one of the biggest transportation transportation hubs in the world. (laughs) So we'd love, we'd be so honored, dear friends. Visit with us, and you could, it's not too late. Give us a call. We'll send you a free music CD, 929-333-3739. Thank you, Micah. Mm Mm-hmm. God bless you, brother. Always a blessing to be here. Thanks, Matt. We're looking forward to the week ahead. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.